What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Friday at lunch, whatever it is. Hope your Friday is going well. Hope you're ready for the weekend. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Friday edition means two things. One, Bryant McFadden joining us to recap Thursday Night Football, a scorcher between the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. And uh, and then R.J. White and Pete Prisco will come on immediately after that to make picks for every game against the spread. Um, we have layered the – we've created this complex algorithm-type scoring formula thing. It's a modified stable for it or something where we basically make our best bets and we layer them such that you can figure out how we're disagreeing. We'll have a big scoreboard. Maybe we can post it online. If you're online and looking for some something to kill time, why don't you go and rate, rate and review the podcast on iTunes? You can even, you can, you can bang that little five star button on your, on your, uh, on your, uh, phone, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, wherever it is, you can subscribe, subscribe anywhere. And, uh, if you're feeling friendly, cause you know, it's a Friday, you're feeling a little charitable, write a review in there. Say, man, Brinson's great. Love the podcast. Daily format. Unbelievable. Or something like that. Speaking of unbelievable, I tried an unbelievable new game, PUBG Mobile. Drop in, gear up, and compete for glory in PUBG Mobile. You can fight in explosive 100-man battles. It's like a battle royale. To be the last player standing, experience incredible realistic graphics in a variety of play modes. Download the official mobile version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for free. Go to your Android or iOS app store and type in PUBG Mobile. And collect a special reward if you use the link and promo code in the episode description of the Pick Six podcast. Play now. I play. I, I really did play earlier, and it was a lot of fun. Um, you get. I got dropped into a field in my underwear with a. I had to like go pick up guns, and and it's sort of like a. I don't know. It was awesome. I never done. I never done it before. I'm not really. That's not really my thing. Tried it. Now I'm hooked. Can't stop playing. Um, but I can start podcasting. Let's go talk to Ryan McFadden to break down a thrilling. Texans Dolphins game that, if we're being honest, Bryant, isn't actually over yet. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It's not actually over, it but is. it's over. Yeah, it is over. Um let me ask you this. So both these teams came in four and three. Uh the Dolphins are leaving four and four. The Texans will move to five and three. Uh, what is your is the bigger takeaway that Houston's legit or that the Dolphins. I don't want to. I don't want to overreact to one week, but this did feel like a, a big. I mean, it's just it's just it was Miami was so exposed on defense that it's hard to imagine this Miami team with Brock Osweiler under center, um, with a lack of the run game that they had, and, and with zero defense against the run or the pass. It's just hard to imagine them actually contending for a wild card spot. Uh, no question. No question. They need to be extremely happy that they were able to steal a game from the Chicago Bears mm. a few weeks ago because they could easily be 0-3 in the last three ball games. Granted, they're 1-2, which is still below 500. But, Will, let's keep it real. That Chicago Bears pretty much had that game locked up. And, of course, a few miscues at the end on their half, on behalf uh, led to a Miami victory. Detroit, like you said, exposed them on both sides of the football, especially uh, on their defense. And we saw Deshaun Watson have that Seattle Seahawks 2017-like game where he just blew up as far as being ex- extremely effective in the red zone, big play after big play. And this, could, this game from last night, Will, could be his breakout game in 2018. Remember, he had a breakout game, like I said, against Seattle in 2017. And then, of course, the injury occurred. But so far, he's been a bit inconsistent, but every week he was getting, he's been getting better and better. And last night against the Miami Dolphins, he really gained a lot of confidence against that defense. Look at you, how locked in you are with last night. You, 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 I like it. I like it. You know what you did. It is, no, it is true. It was last night. He had more touchdowns, five, than he had incompletions, four. Only 239 passing yards. But the thing that I thought that really you saw on display for the Texans was – and and Will Fuller was ruled out. He suffered a knee injury. It looked pretty gruesome. He was ruled out quickly for the game. They're up big, so you don't necessarily know if if it was a uh, if he was ruled out because the injury was bad or because the you know, the game was out of hand. But it's certainly not a good sign. But when he and Hopkins are running together, it's hard to contain those dudes, right? 
I know question because both wide receivers are big play wide receivers. We know Will Fuller. He is the speed guy. He's the guy that can take the cop the top off the coverage at any given time. But the same could be said for DeAndre Hopkins because he was running away from defenders with ease. I think that is important going forward. Not knowing the status of Will Fuller and so far in his early professional career, that has been one Achilles heel that he's been he's not been he has not been able to get over, which has been injuries. I mean injuries has really derailed his career a bit and I think if he is healthy enough to get right back into the lineup do what he did uh, last night I mean five catches for 124 yards the longest was a 73 yarder that is huge that is huge huge production not to mention another outstanding weapon for opposing defenses to worry about and what about tight end play well they finally got they're finally getting some efficient play from the tight end position something they haven't been able to do in a long long time since the likes of Owen Daniels yes now Jordan Thomas what had a, a huge, yeah, had a huge night. Yeah, what a callback to Owen Daniels. I, that's a, yeah, oh, yeah. Think about that, Owen Daniels. And granted, we don't consider him to be a household type name at the tight end position, but for that organization, it's safe to say that Owen Daniels probably has, probably was the best tight end to come through that organization, right? Is that safe to say? I'm, I'm I, thinking. I'm, I'm trying to think about other tight ends, but I mean, he, that's the first name top, pop, pop up in my mind. He played for the Texans for seven years and made the Pro Bowl twice and had uh, one, two, three seasons over 700 yards receiving for the Texans. So yeah, I mean, it's got to be. He has to be right. There's never been a great tight end for the Texans. The, the franchise isn't that old, you know. I mean, like it's it's been exactly. Yeah, I mean, like it's that's a great point. He might be the best one ever, and now they've actually getting some play there. They, if Will Fuller is indeed injured at all, they certainly need additional weapons for Deshaun Watson. I'll say this too: I, I was really, I don't know. Do you think that the running game with Lamar Miller, who finished the day with 18 carries for 133 yards and a touchdown, along a 58, he was actually walked down on it. Surprisingly, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, so Lamar Miller, you don't think about getting walked down, right? But like, do you yeah. think? Do you think that? That was more of a sign of the Texans are starting to get the run game going or Miami just can't stop anything? <laughs> I think it's a sign that Miami can't stop anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing we need to really notice and, 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 and recognize. Miami's run defense is bad. on Johnson had a career day a week ago mm-hmm. against Miami in Miami. LeGarrette Blunt, of course, short yardage back. Had he he didn't have any he didn't have any issues getting to the end zone, but I think this is huge for the Houston Texans offensively and especially for Lamar Miller because Lamar Miller has been a bit inconsistent. Before last night's ball game, he's only had one game over a hundred yards against Jacksonville uh, a few weeks ago at Jacksonville. He had a hundred yards to be exact. So this is a huge huge sign for him because before that Jacksonville ball game. Listeners, Will, he had 46 yards, 49 yards, 10 yards. Mm. You know, so he, he's been struggling, and Jacksonville kind of gave him confidence, and he, he, now he's doing, he's doing some good things. So I think that's a huge, huge sign for them, a good sign for, for Lamar Miller, especially the Houston Texans, because if they can run the football and they're not one-dimensional, you better believe Deshaun Watson will find a way to execute and make plays down the football field. No doubt about it. And by the way, for the Dolphins, uh, 64 yards to Marshawn Lynch, 112 yards to Sony Michelle, 93 yards to Joe Mixon, 69 yards to Jordan Howard, 158 yards to Kerryon Johnson, and, uh, and now 133 yards to Lamar Miller on just 18 carries. Uh, if you're, if you're playing matchups on a week to week basis for DFS or fantasy or whatever, or you just want to bet against the Dolphins, uh, the run, look for a good running back. And you know, they, they get the Jets next, so Isaiah Crowell maybe, um, the, uh, the, then the, then the Packers, maybe they, maybe they get Aaron Jones going before the bye. <laughs> I mean, but you know, if weeks 15 and 16, they get, might have Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette coming up, so, uh, be on the lookout for that. I, I just think this Miami Dolphins team, I know that they came out hot and started 3-0, and BMAC, they, they just look like a, they look like a fraud. And I, I, maybe, maybe it changes with Ryan Tannehill under center, but Brocktober is officially over. <laughs> when did it start? <laughs> right? <laughs> Nick Costas wouldn't I'm, stop talking about it. He's like, Brocktober. I mean, Come on, man. Get yes. Up. I think Nick just loved the nickname. It kind of, <laughs> it, it was very, very fitting, right? For the yeah. player and of course the month. But let's keep it real. Miami Dolphins, in my opinion, they, they reached their peak in the first three weeks of the season. Yep. 
That was the best they could potentially do. Now the reality has set in, and they're showing who they really are from the football personality. Their football DNA is a team that's very, very inconsistent. And even with a Ryan Tannehill, and I didn't believe this team. I didn't believe this team would be a playoff caliber team. But let's give them some credit. Also, they missed a lot. They had a lot of injuries that took place. And because of that, last night's game clearly was not in their favor. Didn't have Ryan Tannehill, which is a big, big minus. You didn't have your top two pass catchers as far as Steele, 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 and Wilson. So you were shorthanded at the wide receiver position, and that showed up big time. But now with them going in the wrong direction, it's safe to say even with a schedule they have, the next three ball games, they have the Jets at home. They travel to Green Bay. They travel to the Colts. It's safe to say they may be one and two in that stretch, mm, in my I, opinion. I, the Jets always play Miami tough. It doesn't matter if this is in New York or Miami. That's always a very, very tough, tough ball game. I can see a loss because the defense has been so bad. Like you said, Aaron Jones is probably going to have a field day, not to mention Aaron Rodgers. And who knows what the Indianapolis Colts. So playoff hopes, I know, I know, I know. We still have a lot of football left to be played. But me personally, I don't see this team making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think their bye week is in week 11. That's coming at a good time. They're going to need it. they got to scratch out one and one. Absolute worst case. This Jets this Jets game, now that you're 4-4, four and four, is a borderline must win just because of the way the AFC is shaking out uh, with the Steelers and the Ravens looking good, the Chargers and the Chiefs looking good. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room in this division. Um, one more thing, and then we'll get out of here. The Texans' defense. Man, J.J. Watt is back, and Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew had a sack as well. Uh, Jadavion Clowney got a little banged up, but, I mean, this is a Stars and Scrubs defense. Like, there's a lot of really elite talent. They didn't have anybody. I mean, like, they might be calling you in the morning to come, like, hey, B-Mac, can you we, – we're out of cornerbacks. We need some cornerbacks uh, back there. I mean, they were, they, they, like, they were literally about to run out of their last cornerback, but, it, but it, they were flying all over the place. I think Watt's putting together a defensive player of the year campaign if he keeps us up. Yeah, J.J. Watt is starting to make some plays for them, um, not just in, in the passing game, but also run support. He's been playing on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage, which is huge, getting tackled for losses. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, we know this is a contract year. He got a bit banged up, but hopefully uh, there's nothing severe with his injury. Whitney Merciless, the only issue I have is at the linebacker position, no Zach Cunningham last night. And then, of course, Jonathan Joseph, he went out with the injury. They're already banged up in the secondary, but hopefully they can get healthier. And the same could be said at the linebacker position because I think Zach Cunningham, he's a tackling machine. He's not a very, very physical guy, but he's a guy that he finds the football. I Now the defense has started to look like what I thought they would look under Romeo Cornell. You know, as far as rushing the passer, as far as collapsing the pocket, playing pretty good third down defense, that is huge for, for, for me, for, for them going forward. It's going to get a bit tough now outside of beating Miami the next few ball games coming to the next three ball games you got Denver you travel to Denver you travel to Washington a team that plays real good football at home there in DC and then Tennessee of course a divisional foe I mean they've won I'm looking they won five in a row will <laughs> somehow look it's like the worst yes. it, it's like Qu- this quiet right <laughs> well it's like what is it, the, the phrase you use? Quiet, uh, quiet is, quiet is kept. Quiet is kept. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, but I mean, like, you're right. Like, they, they won five games. Yeah. Great. The, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they beat, cause they beat the Colts in overtime. They beat the, the Cowboys in overtime. They, they snuck past the Bills on a, on a pick yes. six. Then they st- like stomped the Jaguars and stomped the Dolphins. Hey, but, but, but every year, every year, you know, every year they beat Jacksonville and Duval County. That's so I'm right. not surprised. Right. But, but looking at their schedule, like you said, they barely beat the Colts. They barely beat Dallas. They barely beat, even though they won by seven, that was a very, very close, close ball game with Nathan Peterman Mm -hmm. under the helm for the Buffalo Bills and, of course, Jacksonville and just blew out Miami last night. So I don't know what – me personally, and I'm asking you this question, (laughs) question, uh, Will, who who are the Houston Texans? I I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think they know. I don't think we know. Brian, you look at their schedule, and it's like they don't 
they don't have a, a team above 500 left on the schedule. Like with the Redskins, the Redskins are above 500. That's the that's the only game. Like the Broncos are trying, are thinking about selling off all their pieces. Uh, the Titans are struggling. The the Browns are the Browns. They got a good defense, but they're in, in Houston. Uh, the Colts are a divisional opponent. The the Jets are under 500. The Eagles are under 500. The Jaguars are under 500. I mean, in the end, they only have like two more divisional games. They've already gotten all their divisional games out of the way, the early set of them. So they only have two more between now and the final game against the Jaguars uh, on in, in week 17. So it's like they can stack wins and run away with this division, and we don't know who the hell they are. We don't know who they are, but I can say this. There will only be one playoff team come from the South. So whoever wins this division will mm-hmm. get a spot. Looking throughout the entire AFC, and this is why these games are so important now, especially for a team like Houston, because it's safe to say right now, based on what we know, granted, we cannot predict the future, but two teams will get into the playoffs from the AFC West. Yes. Two teams will get into the playoffs. Two teams potentially will get into the playoffs from the AFC North, Yep. in my opinion, and we know New England (laughs) <laughs> probably will win their division. <laughs> yes. So there go one team, and that basically leaves one more team, which would be the winner of the AFC South. They have a game up on the next best team, which is Tennessee. And Tennessee, they will face Tennessee in the next coming week. So I don't know who the Houston Texans are, but they've won five <laughs> ball games under the radar, which is, a, which is impressive. And they got two road games coming up. Like you said, if they can continue to stack wins – I can easily see a nine and seven or a ten and six record winning the AFC South. That's <laughs> unbelievable. They were zero and three to start the season. Looked like the worst team in football. They're, they're cruising to a playoff. I don't know. It's nuts. The NFL is crazy sometimes, and uh, the Houston Texans just prove it. All right, follow Bryant at BMAC underscore Sports Talk. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ, and we will talk to you next week, my man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Excellent stuff from BMAC. Reminder that you can watch him on CBS Sports HQ. If you play Daily Fantasy, you should have watched Sportsline on CBS Sports HQ on Thursday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. I was on there with Pete Prisco, Kenny White, Nick Costos. Prisco said to start Devontae Parker in Daily Fantasy, the single night games. What kind of lunatic would suggest doing that? And then Devontae Parker, who earlier in the week, by the way, had called his coach or his agent had called his coach incompetent, actually goes out there and posts six catches for 134 yards. You should have listened to Pete. Jamie Eisenberg was on there. He said to start Lamar Miller as your captain in DFS. CBS Sports HQ gets you that information. If you're not watching, you're not winning. Go to CBSSports.com live or watch on any smart device. Now it's time for some picks. Which means RJ White and Pete Prisco. We're gonna play now. By the way, I told, uh, Pete and RJ, who will be with me in a second, that I was busy doing work stuff. I was actually playing PUBG. Um, I couldn't put down my phone. I couldn't stop playing the game. It's really addictive. I was running around in my underwear shooting stuff. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Pete, have you downloaded, uh, the video game yet? No, but I will, cause, uh, I like, I like to play those kind of games. It's actually, it's, it's, it's a blast. RJ, I feel, I feel like you're probably already experiencing this somehow. Uh, no, I don't have time for it during football season. Not during football season. Oh, right, right, right. You guys are so, you you guys are so busy. I'm going to download it and just, just try it one day when I'm sitting in the office. You should do it. Yeah. And then you you can actually, somebody's like, Hey Pete, we need you to do this. Nope. I'm doing something for the podcast. I'm sorry. I don't have time for it. All right. Recap of last week's episode. Prisco went two and three. Uh, he's gaining ground on me. I went two and three as well, but you're 14, 18 and three in the super contest. I'm 16, 18 and one. RJ went two, two and one. He's now 18 and 14 and three. Nick Costos, a four and one week. Costos is not on this show. He should be back next week. He's figuring out the setup in Stanford. 23 and 12 overall, just inside the top 100. And you know that he believes that he's going to win some money. Unfortunately for him, that money comes to yours truly, and I will be charging him a fee to deliver him his Don't winnings. Worry. Don't worry. He's going rotten. He, he will, he'll go rotten. He'll go point. rotten. He'll yeah. go rotten. Don't you? Don't, so he's having a good year. He'll go rotten. He'll get yeah. it. He's going to get too – his problem is he's going to get too far inside his – like he's going to believe he can't miss, and then he's going to go in the opposite direction one week, and it's going to result in him missing really badly. Um, on the podcast picks – RJ seven five and one, Brinson seven five and one. Although you beat me by eight points somehow, Pete five seven and one. I had an awful week last week. You need the leaves to turn brown, my friend, and get that crown yeah, on your head. Two weeks ago, I've been crappy the last two weeks. Yeah, you're not. Uh, you're not very good at this, Pete. 
<laughs> oh, like you're you're much better, dear dude. You're behind me in the picks. No, I think I'm, I think I'm ahead of you in the picks. Are you? Barely. We're yeah. all together. Yeah, we're all pretty we're close. All crap. We're all not great. That's okay. We're gonna get hot. It's it's. This has been a. a uh, it's, it was weird to adjust to this season after last season. We'll get warm. Um, I'm 54, 49, and four. You're you're one game under 500. I'm one game back of the leader, Jamie Eisenberg. Can't have Jamie winning this year. Uh, all right, let's get to what we like this week. He doesn't turn his picks in until the end of the week. Un- I mean, that's not fair. It's unbelievable. He's a diva. Uh, first things first. We're gonna, we gotta get some sound for this. Hey, somebody, producer person, get on the sound thing. Our top pick. It's not picks. It's top pick. And it's because, Pete Prisco, we all are backing Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings hosting the New Orleans Saints. We're fading the five and one Saints. Why are we doing that? Well, because the Vikings are playing pretty good football. Kirk Cousins is playing really good football. The defense has been better. Uh, the Saints are playing back-to-back road games. Uh, the Saints have issues defending the pass, which is why they went out and traded for Eli Apple. Uh, and I think in this spot, it's a great situation for the Vikings. I, the line looks funny to me. Not only do the Saints have trouble defending the pass, they're 32nd in DVOA against number one receivers. They're 32nd in DVOA against number two receivers. Mm. That's not a good thing when you have to play a, a digs Thielen combination. So, you know, that's the strength of Minnesota's passing game. So I don't know that Minnesota's going to run the ball much. I don't think it matters. Cousin could throw for 400 plus in this game and Minnesota uh, wins running away with it. I, w- I agree 100%. It's a weird line though, don't you think? Well, it's weird. Yeah, it's yeah weird. you would think so. The weird thing about it is that Minnesota was minus three on the look-ahead line, and then they blew out the Jets, an easy win. Norland barely won a nail-biter. You know, they needed a missed kick from a guy that never misses, and the line moves three points. It doesn't make any sense. Why would it move like that? By the way, that was one of my picks last week, the Ravens. Thank you, Justin Tucker. Yeah, me too. I had I made the same face that Justin Tucker made, and I had the Ravens in a money line parlay that would have a uh, Ravens money line in a parlay that would have cashed had Justin Tucker made that field goal and they held on. So thanks a lot for that that extra point. Excuse me. Sixty three percent of the bets are on the Saints. Fifty four percent of the money is on the Vikings. That's that's the uh, that's the trend you want if you're backing a team. That's according to the Action Network. Um, they actually have the Vikings at minus one at this point. I think it's maybe moved back to Vikings minus one in some spots, RJ. But uh, for for the most part, I've seen it as a pick. And I mean, if if you like the Vikings, do you do you wait or do you get it in now? I think you probably get it in now. It feels like the Vikings are a sharper play. So I think on Sunday morning, It'll be one. It's going to get to one, maybe even one and a half. Yeah, so I, I think you're getting a better number now, especially if you can find pick. Uh, I agree. Okay. Um, and look, we like the Vikings. We haven't had a con- – this is our first – they call it on the college football podcast. That's with Chip Patterson and Tom Fernelli and Barton Simmons. They call it Lock Unity, and they play uh, UNITY by uh, – I think uh, – is that uh, – who's that, who's that by? Queen Latifah? She wrote that, right? Um, well, for us, we call it the kiss of death. I think this is a winner. I think it's, I do too. I, I think, like it. This I, I like. Definitely a winner. I, yeah, I like the idea that we. I, I mean, I'm going to have them in my super contest. Me right? too. Okay, Pro, I'm pretty sure I am too. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> That's like I said, kiss of death. No way. Load up on it. By the way, so we're doing a new scoring system. If you didn't hear last week, we all pick one game that's four points, and then we assign uh, point numbers between three and one and three to the rest of the games. You can have as many threes as you want, as many twos as you want, as many ones as you want, but you got to have one four. That brings us to segment two. Agree to disagree. Um, these are our biggest disagreement pods. It means one of us has a strong play on a particular game. And, uh, and, and the other guys disagree. My strong number three play is Denver catching 10 points in Arrowhead. I'm fading the public. I'm fading the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not failed to cover one time this stinking season. I'm backing Case Keenum on the road against a rapidly improving defense and the best offensive football. Um, even though the Broncos are coming off a 10-day stretch where they had a lot of rest, people saw them hang 45 on the Cardinals. They're getting their mojo back. I am a little worried about this Chad Kelly thing. Chad Kelly dismissed for dressing up like a cowboy and walking into some mumbling incoherently on some stranger's couch. Um, he was, he was, he's now been kicked out of a high school football program, a college football program, and an NFL program. He also had he also got into an in, incident at the party, so mm. let's not forget that. Well, no, that's that's a good way. But he had a zero point zero blood alcohol content. What what the hell is going on, Pete? Uh, who knows? Do you know? You might no, know. I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, you don't want to say it. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, That's not the only distraction. I mean, you know, trade rumors have been swirling around some of their players. Mm. People think Manuel Sanders could get traded and they can get a decent amount for him. Uh, Demarius Thomas could get traded. They said they're not trading him. Uh, Bradley Roby, you know, could be on the move too. So when players see their names in, in, in the news on Twitter and trade rumors, it, it's going to take away some of their focus. You're not going to be 100% focused. So I, I do, I like the Chiefs side of this. I think Pete and I were both, uh, two picks on this and, and you were three on the other side. I don't think Denver can keep relying on the ground attack in a shaky Keenum. I think the Chiefs are going to score in the high 30s. Five or seven games, they've had 38-plus points. Number one DVOA offense, obviously. Um, Arizona couldn't run on a bad Denver defense because of awful play calling. I don't think the Chiefs are going to have that problem. They'll run the ball all over Denver. Um, Denver's dealing with uh, injuries at running back. Royce Freeman's got an ankle issue. Lindsey's not a back that can that can handle 20, 25 carries, so they might be in a little trouble there. Denver is 0-6 against the spread in games played at 1 p.m. with Vance Joseph. And this is obviously going to be a 1 p.m. game so that could come into play maybe he doesn't have them ready to play in early game situations on the road and like you said Chiefs 7-0 against the spread um when the closing number I don't know why we fade them right now it's not like they're slowing down at all so I I like Kansas City on this 36 percent of the bets on Denver 77 percent of the money on Denver though so that's the biggest discrepancy of the week that means sharp people are playing the Broncos that does I mean that does sort of become a default thing though right because you're talking about a game in which they're, you know, it's a, it's a divisional game where you're getting 10 points. The Chiefs have never, ever been favored by 10 points over the Broncos in the history of this illustrious rivalry. The one thing I point out to you, RJ, you mentioned DVOA and that the Chiefs are number one in offense. They've actually climbed a little bit. They're 26 in defense. They're number one overall. But I'll tell you, a surprising team in the DVOA rankings, Denver's fifth in DVOA. Yeah, and they, they've looked good at times this season, but the competition they've played hasn't been that great. They had a lot of home games early in the year. I think you have to take that into account. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're, I don't, that split doesn't surprise me because there's not going to be a lot of sharps rushing to bet, put money on a 10 point favorite in any case. You know, you got what, 13 games, 12 other games on the board and like go bet something else. Why are you going to lay? I'm, I'm done picking against the Chiefs. Done. (laughs) Over with. I'm done. How many times, how many times have you done it now? Uh, all but. In every game with the spread, I think every oh. game against them, I'm done. Yeah, I would lay it or don't play it in the contest. I'm probably not yeah, playing it because of the ten points. But I'm not but if I talk myself out of other things because of injury situations, I mean that's a nice default pick to fall back on, considering they cover every single week. It's ten points in a divisional game, and I mean it's insane though against a bad team that doesn't play well on the road. I mean, so you're saying that we should as as betters or or you know people picking against the spread we should throw out i mean like is it, i guess i'm wondering rj is it time to throw out a long held belief that you don't take a 10 point div, like favorite in a divisional game because i mean you would never do that 5 years ago Right, but that applies when you have long-standing coaching staffs and these teams know each other well. I mean, Reed has been there a long time, so maybe you can play that game. But this is a new offense with Patrick Mahomes. It's not like the Broncos have a lot of experience going up against this particular offense. So I don't know how much it plays into it. Although you know, the Broncos did play him pretty well when they played him the first time defensively, they did. So I, look, me, I, I'm not. I, I'm just. I think the Chiefs. I've gone against them, and I don't think I don't. I'm being. I've been dumb. I'm not being dumb here. I'm not. I'm not putting in the contest, but I would lean to the Chiefs. Mm, interesting. All right. Uh, elsewhere in uh, dissenting picks. Oh, look, you guys are fading me as well. Oh, man, I don't even like this one either. Uh, it's another one where you're getting seven points. A little worried about injuries here. The New York Jets at the Chicago Bears. Chicago is minus seven. It's already up to seven and a half, I believe, uh, in most spots. Is it seven on the contest, RJ? Seven in the contest. I don't know why you don't like it. You put it as a three. You must like it some it's at some level. I guess I do like it. Um, I like it too. I, I don't love it, but I well, like it. He likes the Jets side. You like yeah. the Bears side. Yeah, I like the Bears side. But why you do like you, the Jets side. I don't yeah, I mean I don't it's so many points. Mr. Trubisky shouldn't be laying seven points. Like he just shouldn't be laying seven points. He's he's has isn't playing that well. I am worried about Sam Darnold and the protection and the receivers in a situation where he's on the road against a good defense. Um I, I just I, I don't know, it's just too many points. He's not playing well. The, the Chicago offense is top 450 yards in three straight games, yet he's not playing well somehow. I mean, you know he's not playing well. You're watching him. Pete, is he playing well? He's playing good. He's not, I mean, he's playing okay. He's not playing great, but, but they are putting up a lot of. He's not Blake Bortles. I mean, he's, no, he's, he's not Blake Bortles. He's, he's solid. He's been, he's been pretty good at times. And he, and he ran the ball he's last He's at week. home. He's situation. at home and Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold, uh, on the road. A, a West Coast quarterback right. who looked like he had a lot of trouble with cold weather last right. week. Now he's got another like 40 game in the 40s. I'm with, I'm with you on this Going one, against RJ. the Jets. I think, 
that offense is going to do whatever they want. I might put this one actually in the contest. And now that I know Brinson likes the Jets, I might. I'm, it only enhances it. Trubisky completed 52% of his passes. 6.66. He, uh, he gets a little erratic at times. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. But, Was that but last week? But he's actually playing pretty good. He's not, he's not great. He's been okay. Bears should have won last week. Let's be honest. I mean, yes. two fluke, two no fluky bleep. special teams touchdowns. Right. They should have beat New England. Yeah, but they also got a touchdown off a fumble punt too, a fumble kickoff. Right? They got, uh, uh you're talking about Edelman. Edelman recovered it. No, no, no. When, uh, Patterson fumbled on the kickoff and they turned that into a touchdown. They turned it into a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. They needed, they got some points there. Yeah. But still, it's like two special teams touchdowns there. They get some points on their side, but they have to drive for it. I'm with you. I like the we, we, the Bears are the play here. But and don't, that don't was, talk Princeton into not taking. And the that was New England coming in. We're talking about the Jets coming in. Right. Now they're going to cover seven. I we agree. know they're going to cover seven. I agree. I mean, that seems like the that seems like a weird way. You're like, well, they should have beaten New England. They're definitely going to beat the Jets by seven. They didn't beat New England because they're sloppy. They they gave up some bad like they gave up. Bad touchdowns and okay. You bank on the special teams touchdowns, and I'll bank on that not happening again. Twenty four percent of the bets on the Jets, seventy six percent of the bets on the the Bears, just fifty seven percent of the money. Pete's texting me that we have to go faster. I know. Yeah, Pete, we got it. We got things we got to do. Pete, Let's if, go. we, if we need to go faster, you can just say we need to go faster. I can't see you. Don't need to text me. Um, segment three, Pete, moving right along to the quicker segments. You see how this works? We disagree on the bigger ones, then we move along. The whatevers. Can you, Pete, yeah. Pete, can you say whatever, whatever? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> We're isolating. We're using that later. <laughs> These are ones where nobody really has a strong feeling about it. Pete, you've got Washington as a two at the Giants. Why? Because I think the defense is going to suffocate the Giants. I don't love the game, though. It's a bad spot when you go play a, a division rival at their place with everything that's going on with the Giants. But if I had to pick one or the other, I'd pick the, the Redskins. I I went Giants just basically as a contrarian play off of what we saw last week. Like, the Giants are on a short week. Now, there's some factors in here that concern me. Namely, that they traded Snacks Harrison. They traded Eli Apple. As soon as they lost on Monday to the Falcons in a game that was clo- you know, they covered, but they had no business covering. Oh, Costas won that parlay, as I'm sure he mentioned to you guys. Um they trade everybody. Eli's getting slaughtered. It just feels like maybe they muscle up and beat the Redskins at home in a FU game to everybody who's doubting the Giants. One last hurrah for Eli. Is that possible, RJ? I think so. I think Eli probably thinks he's playing for a job here. If he doesn't play well in this game, they have two weeks to get, you know, Laletta in there and see what they have in him, see if he could possibly take over as the quarterback or they know they need to draft somebody. So I do think Eli's probably going to play with some pressure. I think he could play well. I think the playmakers on the Giants side are a lot better than what Washington has, especially considering half the offense is banged up on Washington. So this seems to me like the sneaky game where everybody's written the Giants off with these trades and then they somehow figure out a way to win. I'm definitely not playing it in contest though. I'm just staying away. You're going to play Indianapolis in the contest, Pete? Minus three at Oakland. Speaking, Maybe. Speaking I, you of know, tanking I put it down teams. as a two, but uh, the more I look at it, I, I, this Oakland team stinks. And I think the Colts, you know, when you watch them last week, they found something on offense. The offensive line actually played really good. Now, that's a people say it's a bad Buffalo team, but the Buffalo defense have been playing pretty good football. And they handled them last week, and they ran the ball. If they can run the ball, which I think they can do against Oakland, uh, Luck will get his chucks down the field, and Oakland's in disarray. So if I had to play the game, I would play. But Mac is dealing with an ankle injury, so I don't, I don't know. know if they can run the ball because if he's if he misses the game, then then you're kind of screwed if you're Indy with your running game. Uh, this seems to me like a, another thing. You know, we were talking the last game about it's a give up game, and people are, are writing a team off. Oakland players aren't punting on the season; they're going to play with some pride. It's not like Amari Cooper was dominating the team's defenses, no. and so is that a huge loss? I don't think so. The game was a pick 'em before the trade. Now it's minus three. Cooper isn't worth three points, no. you know, especially not with the way he's playing. So I think the value here is on Oakland. If you play either side, I would play the home. I would play Oakland as the home dog. But the thing, if you do like Indy and you think they're going to win this game, they're nine to one to win the AFC South right now. Mm. Their schedule is crazy. They're at Oakland, then they get their bye. Then they're three game homestand: Jacksonville, Tennessee, Miami. Three not great teams. Then they're at Jacksonville, at Houston. Two not great teams. Home against Dallas and the Giants, both of them might have given up on the season by that point. And then at Tennessee, they have no hard games no. the rest of the season. No. So they're two and five going into this one. If they, if you think they're going to win the game, put a little money on nine to one to win the yeah. South because they could end up nine and seven, and maybe have, even ten and six. They have by far the best quarterback in the South, no question about it. 
So yeah. if I if I like the Indy in this game, I've, I'm leaning Oakland. I'm not going to play it in the contest, uh, obviously, because it's a very weak pick for me. Um, but if I did like Indy in this game, I would look more to t- get nine to one what on if that they, futures. What bet. if they make their car cry? <laughs> <laughs> Pete, do you think he cried? I don't know. If Ooh. he did, it, well, I mean, it's hard to say by that. You can't just go by that picture or the or your what you send out all the time. But um, if he cried. I don't get it. What do I uh, sit out? What do I sit out all the time? You know, yeah, you, Brinson. You, you, you make all Getting kinds. Getting sick you, of you I, sending. I out think these you sent something out. Crying. You sent something out with him crying. Did I? Are you, did you not? Uh, no, somebody. I think it was Vic, uh, no, it was uh, Damon Bruce, a radio host on the. He tweeted. He was like, "This is the breaking point for the Raiders," and I retweeted it. I didn't. Uh, do you think? How he dare cried? you? Did you think he cried? No, he looked like he was um, in pain and emotional on the field. I mean, what do you? Cr- what was he crying over? He, dude played with a broken back. I don't think he's gonna cry. I, mean, uh, I don't think he cried. Yeah, what, who cares I, if he cried? The, huh? See, uh, that's why I the sh- teammates cared. I, well, I mean, if your teammates team- are getting traded, who cares? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, if you, I don't care. I could care less. That's sort of why. I would like, I cry? I wouldn't cry. That's that's would, that's sort of why cry I cry like, over cry over death. Jeez, oh, that was dark. <laughs> oh God. You're, you're a dark person, Peter. Brought to you by PUBG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, well, we have two more, I was gonna wait till two more games to do that. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the reason I like Oakland and New York, and this is where Nick might go sour, by the way, is taking these dog crap teams. It just feels like they got one last stand to fight back before the season, uh, wilters away into nothing. You mentioned the AFC South. Pete, your Jacksonville Jaguars, you turned your back on them. You turned your back on Blake Bortles and you're taking the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me Sir Blake Bortles in London. They're used to traveling over there. They got a, they got a back against the wall game here. They need to beat Philadelphia. I think they're going to go out there and win the game. Carlos Hyde rumbles for some yardage. Now that the, you know, Derek Barnett's out, the Eagles are banged up. They get a little pressure on Carson Wentz and steal one in London. Why am I wrong? Well, I mean, look, I don't love this game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not married to the Eagles by any stretch of the imagination. I just, and I watched the Jaguars today on tape. Boy, they're, it's not just the offense. Those defensive, the linebackers aren't playing very well. Um, and Telvin Smith's having an awful year. So I just, I just, something's off with this team. And it's not just Bortles. It's, it's bad offensive line play. The running game hasn't got going. I do think Hyde's going to run the football for him this week a lot. Uh, but I, I just lean more toward, the Eagles in this game. I don't love them, but yeah, I, I just them. I just stay away. And the Jags look broken, obviously on offense, but they have a plus point zero point six yards per play differential. This is the point of the season where I think you can start trusting the yards per play differential, which a lot of people like to use. Um, we have enough data that I think you could trust it. They're plus you know ten, six tenths of a point. Philly is minus five tenths of a mm. point. So if you just look at those numbers, however how they've played over the first seven weeks, Jags have played a lot better by Philly when you go by that. That uh, they're not playing good right now, so I'm probably not going to trust them. But they have more familiarity in London. I don't know that that's going to make that much of a difference because Eagles have a good coaching staff and they're going to be able. They're going to scout ahead. Says- when you go you over there for the first time, it's a real adjustment. So we'll, we'll see. And Harbaugh said that last year when they beat him up. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So yeah, um, if I if I had to go, I'd probably take the Jags with with the points. Whoever was the underdog, I'd probably take the points. But yeah, I'm staying away. It's a weird week because it's a lot, it's like you look at it and something seems obvious and it's almost a little too fishy. Sort of like the Patriots minus thirteen and a half at Buffalo. Somebody, I mean, look. Explain to me how the Patriots aren't going to blast the, the Buffalo Bills by 14. Derek Anderson's going to cover for the Patriots? I mean, cover for the Bills on Monday night? Derek Anderson's pumped up for this primetime game? Derek New Anderson's, New Derek Anderson's older than New Pete! This isn't a Madden game. They're not, they don't have to like roll. It's going to be cold. It's going to be maybe some rainy temperatures. They're going to want to get out of that game and not get anybody hurt. So why are they going to run up the score in the second half? They know the Bills can't come back on them. So well, what is it? 26, 27, uh, 7, 27? That's possible. That's why yeah. I wouldn't play it. I wouldn't play it either. <laughs> I put Buffalo as a one just because it's a, it's a road. I hate 14 points, but a road team was 15 and a half in the concept, but still like a road team. Right. Like that never happens. I think, um, when I looked at it, there was like 10 instances in the pro football reference database where there's been a 14-point road favorite in a divisional game, and none since 07 when the Patriots were rolling through the league. So I think the Buffalo was the, was the last time you know in that that game in 2007 that it happened. So I would just stay away. It's just New England is not that great that we're gonna give them you know 14 points on the road, but Buffalo does stink. I, I could, agree. I wouldn't put any money, I any would, American dollars. On I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it either way either. Buffalo looks like a, a first-time noob, as the kids call, running around in PUBG. 
Don't beat Buffalo. Be the Patriots. Drop in, gear up, and compete for glory in PUBG Mobile. PUBG Mobile is the official mobile version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, offering intuitive and heavily customizable controls. One of the very best mobile games available, and I promise it's true. I just played it a few minutes ago. It's also free to play. Test your grit as you fight an explosive 100-man battles to be the last player standing. Get dropped out of an airplane in your underwear. It's nuts. Uh, scavenge weapons, vehicles, and supplies inside a relentless, shrinking battle zone. Experience incredible realistic graphics as you try to stay alive through a variety of urban and rural environments. Mix it up with different play modes that include teaming up with three other players in squad matches. I did that. It was fun. Play war mode, mini zone, and quick matches for fast-paced arcade-style play. Take on different challenges to earn coins you can use to buy stuff like badass threads. Defeat every player. Stay in the zone and before you know it, you'll be shouting your victory cry winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's pulse-pounding. It's fast-paced. It's winner-take-all. Download the official mobile version Version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for free. Go to your Android or iOS app store and type PUBG Mobile. Collect a special reward using the link and promo code provided in the Pick Six Podcast episode description. Play now. We're going to play a few more games here, starting with RJ. Do you like how I read that enthusiastic voice the entire way through? That was amazing. Thank you. It really was. You got me really going. Yeah. So next time, next game we're going to talk is Bucks Bengals. Uh, it's four and a half in the contest. It's four on the, on the market. So we're already getting good value if we put it in the contest. Um, I had this as a two play for me. Uh, since the since the offense has been off for the last three games, despite playing mediocre competition on defense, Kansas City doesn't have a great defense. They put up ten points on them, and then they played Miami and Pittsburgh before that. Tampa's been a much better team uh, when you go by that yards per play differential. I just mentioned they're plus one tenth, while um, Cincinnati is minus six tenths uh tampa has the sixth best pass offense per dvoa since cd's struggling against good pass teams um you know we saw that with kansas city just now um the defensive coordinator switch apparently was huge for tampa they gave up 305 yards in that game despite not having gerald mccoy not having Vinny curry um both those guys are missing practice again this week but i, I i'm less worried about it because they just had a good game without him uh tampa had allowed 400 yards per game you know every opponent coming into that game so they're doing a lot better now the big early line move it was since he minus six the sharps got all over it to drive it down to four and a half now it's down to four that tells me we want to be on the tampa side so this could be a contest play for me uh, i want to see how that final injury report looks for tampa but i know since he's really banged up too so give me tampa with the points yeah i i look it's not a prime time game so i and the Bengals are home and tampa bay's defense i know they played better last week but i think that was one of those games where the coordinator got in there and they got a little extra juice and and, and i I'll be honest with you. The young kids played better for whatever reason they did last week. The corners, both the young corners played better. Uh, but I, I think this is a bad spot for the for the Bucks because uh, on the road, the Bengals are back home. I think the Bengals offense is going to score points. You might see a lot of points in this game. Probably. I'll give you that. But uh, my lean is, and I don't love it, but I lean to the Bengals. Mm, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning back towards the Bucks. I think I had the Bengals initially. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Tampa here and I like him a lot. I, th- I heard, um, I, on, uh, on, on Chad Millman's podcast, uh, he had Scooch, the, 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 con- the, the uh, odds maker for, for the New Orleans, and he pointed out that, um, he hung six and immediately regretted it. And like, as soon as he hung that number, he was worried about it. All right, Seattle plus three at Detroit. This is a stinky line, Pete. You like the, uh, the Seahawks. I'm never ever going to pick against Russell Wilson and anything he ever does the rest of his life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I just think the Seattle team is getting better in a lot of spots. And you watch them, particularly on defense. You watch the young defensive players. They're growing up a little bit. And I like to see that. And, and I think when you, uh, I really liked it before, you know, depending on what Snacks Harrison does, they, cause the, the Lions can't stop the run. They have run, run issues. That's why they went and made that deal. And I think Seattle is, Offensive line is significantly better than it was under Tom Cable. It's amazing how much better the same players are now with a different coach. So uh, I like Seattle to come off their bye, uh, go to Detroit. Detroit's not nearly as good as they looked last week against Miami, and I think they win the game outright. Seattle's won four or five off a of bye, scored 24 points in every single one of those games. They were beat up. They're going to be healthy now. So I'm on that side too. Will, I think, has the other side. Though. How many uh, How many of those games were was Brian Schottenheimer the offensive coordinator for? Just curious. Uh, I'll take Detroit here. It's I don't really – it's three, so it's a lot against a team coming off a bye. But I think that Detroit's found something. Snacks Harrison should play in this game, so the run defense is better. Matthew Stafford threw four picks in week one, has only thrown one since for his 11 touchdowns, 70% completions. He's playing really well, and they found a running game. They have nice, balanced offense. It's what they need, so I like Detroit here. Cleveland, RJ, plus eight at Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, Cleveland's played Pittsburgh tough in week one. Um, they've actually played them tough. I don't know if you remember this, but Cleveland couldn't win a game for more than a year. They played Pittsburgh four times during that stretch where they were losing every game. Those four times, uh, they lost by three, four, three, and then they had the tie earlier this year. So they play them tough a lot. The Cleveland defense is the best unit in this game. They're number two in DVOA, number one in turnovers, number three in points per drive. Pittsburgh's been bad off a of bye historically. Haven't covered their last four. They're one and six against the spread in their last seven. Uh, Pittsburgh couldn't stop the run in the first meeting. How are they going to do now that Nick Chubb is featured and, and the run game is a little bit more dynamic? Um, I think Cleveland has a better quarterback at the helm this time around. Baker has had his ups and downs, but I think we agree that the passing game has opened up with him in there instead of Tyrod. Pittsburgh's got at Baltimore next, so they might not be 100% focused on Cleveland, who they expect to win, because Cleveland's obviously the punching bag in this division. They've also had the Le'Veon distraction, so they might not be 100% focused there. Cleveland's going to treat this like their Super Bowl, like they always do. They want to get that win you know, against Pittsburgh. They came so close last time. They're going to give it 110%. Pittsburgh will be pacing themselves coming out of the bye like they do, like we've seen where they're beating like the Colts by three when they're favored by 10. So this is a great spot for Cleveland, I think, even with Pittsburgh coming out of the bye, and I'll take all those points in this. Yeah, I, I don't love this game, but the Steelers, to me, seem to have found their offensive way again, and, and I think they're going to put up points. I know, De- I know Cleveland's defense has played very well. And I think getting Hayden back has really helped the Pittsburgh defense. Not only that, they're getting the pass rush, and, and that's something they didn't have early in the season. I think Mayfield's a little, you know, unsettled right now. He did not look good last week uh, against the uh, what is a bad defense. And so I think this is going to be one of those games where he turns it over, Pittsburgh turns it into points. I would lay the points in this spot. Don't love it, though. Uh, before we get to our last segment, actually, we've got two segments left. We're going to quickly do, sponsored by PUBG Mobile, check out the episode description. You can see how to download a code and get a special prize when you play. It's the battle, it's the handheld battle royale game that is sweeping the nation! And we are going to do a battle royale now, gentlemen, and it's going to involve coaches and coaches who would fight. Um, we are going to sub in, we're going to pick four. I have chosen four coaches. Give me your reason. Who walks out as the winner from this group of four coaches, Pete Prisco, Hugh Jackson, just because it's fun. Dan Quinn, he would, he's scary. Ron Rivera, f- former freaking linebacker, and John Harbaugh, sneaky tough football guy. Who you got, Pete? I'm going with the linebacker. I mean, I'll say this though: Hugh Jackson won't be, in, wouldn't be an easy out in that in that any battle. I mean, he he came up uh, as a tough guy, and and that would that would be an interesting one. But I think Ron Rivera is. As quiet and as calm and as nice as he is, I think there's a switch there like there was on the football field, and he would flick it, and uh, he would dominate them all. I think you'd definitely make him the betting favorite. Yeah, oh, you yeah. were going to put a line on all four yeah, of those guys. Rivera would have to be at least like minus 150. Oh, no doubt. All right, so if Rivera's minus 150, who's 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 right after him? Dan Quinn? I, I think uh, Hugh Jackson would be after him. Wow. And, I, and Harbaugh, Harbaugh is tough because his brother used to beat him up all the time. I don't think the perception of Jack Jackson would be that high. So no. I think when it opened, Jackson might be like yeah. the lowest odds, like four to one maybe. Yeah. And then Pete would jump all over it yeah. and, and bet it up. And he, yeah. he'd get to like plus 250 or so. Yeah. All right. Who's, so who's last in this group? Harbaugh is Harbaugh's like plus 800. Yeah, but you know what? Oh, it, Harbaugh's a, he's a scrappy little feisty guy. I mean, you hear stories about him and he's tough too. He'd be the most prepared. You know, he always knows all the angles. Yeah. So <laughs> if he can get an edge in this fight, you know, he's going to find, like if he's playing PUBG, he'll find the corner that he needs to hide in and he'll destroy <laughs> everyone. If it was, if it was like, um, you know, like in what was that movie where you had to survive? Um, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. He'd probably be the champ of the, if they went in as a hunger game. For sure. Yeah. We, we interviewed Dan Quinn at the combine when he first got hired. We were like, would you win in about like a, a, a steel cage match with all the coaches? He's like, absolutely. Uh, he's not scared. All right. We're not scared to make these consensus picks, aka losers. Baltimore minus two at the Panthers. Pete, who you got? This line is weird to me. Really weird. I, I can't see why the Panthers aren't favored, but in, in my world, the Ravens are a better team. I think the Ravens' defense will dominate in this game. I think they'll they'll limit what the what the Carolina Panthers do. Hey, you know, if you could throw the ball and do some creative things like the Saints do, you're going to give the the blitzing, attacking defense a little bit of problems. Although they did a pretty good job on the Saints last week, I think this week they're going to limit Cam Newton and that offense. And I like the Ravens. Yeah, Panthers are kind of a fake four and two. They needed that Gano bomb to beat and beat a bad Giants team. Uh, then they got three fourth quarter touchdown against Eagles. And going into the fourth quarter, you figure they're gonna have to lose that game. Um, but they battled back, you know, all credit to them. They're four and two. I don't know that they're as strong as a lot of other four two teams. I think Baltimore's a better team and we see that reflected in the line. This reminds me of the game. Baltimore at Tennessee, and we like Tennessee in that game, took them to the Super Contest pick. It's a team that's just better 
They're on back-to-back road games, so it's a little nervous. But that was their third straight road game for Baltimore before. A lot of road games for Baltimore. Um, I, I just think this is a Baltimore team that can snuff out Carolina early, and then Carolina's not going to come back like they did against uh, a Philadelphia. Arizona- so Baltimore was home last week. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that. So there you go. Easier, even better. Arizona plus one at home against San Francisco. Who you got, RJ? Who who do we have, RJ? We have Arizona. They had a fluky win their first meeting, but the defense should play well again. I don't see any reason why they can't hold the Beathard, you know, down this time at home. It's the first game for Leftwich as offensive coordinator. I know we've been banging the drum for Leftwich. That offense has been the worst in the league in Arizona, and a lot of that's the play calling. Um, it's going to be much better now. David Johnson's not going to run right into the middle of the line on first down every single time. San Fran D is 27th in points per drive, 23rd in DVOA. They only have manage three turnovers and that's one interception as a unit and we expect you know sherman's playing better that they, they have a pretty solid group of secondary but they're not getting any turnovers san francisco is also last in turnovers on offense so they have a negative 15 turnover differential obviously that's last in the league if they're last in both of those categories it's hard to win if you're not getting turnovers best unit in this game's arizona d like i said at the top they're 11th in dvoa um they should have success at home i think they shine the offense plays a little bit better and they roll out with a win uh, i agree with you 100 and i think this is uh, definitely going to be one of my contest plays. And uh, yes. I, I, I'm a big believer in Byron Leftwich. I've known him for a long time. He's going to be creative with David Johnson. He's going to get him the football, and he's going to use him like Arians did. And that's the wise thing to do. I like the Cardinals. This is right. the time to get value on the Cardinals before yep. we see what, what Leftwich does. Yep. So this is you're never going to get better value on the Cardinals than you are this week. So, Pete, I mean, like I think people who – and myself included, fantasy folks will be very, I mean, like, you really think that he will do a completely different offense than Mike McCoy ran? Cause Mike McCoy's offensive game plan is installed. Like, they're not blowing well, it all up and changing. You can't change the offense. You right. can't change the terminology, but you can change the way you call the plays. And he will change the way he calls the plays. He will get David Johnson the football down the field. He will use him as a receiver like Bruce Arians did. Um, but yeah, he will not, he's not going to change the terminology. You can't do that. It's too soon, too, too tough to do at this point in the season, particularly with a rookie quarterback. So, but he'll change the way he plays. Okay. And so you, all right, all right, all right. That, I like hearing that. I hope it's a big game for David Johnson. Man. Use him in all your DFS lineups. David yeah, absolutely. Johnson. Yeah. This is the week to do it, right? Before. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So people jump on DFS. Make sure to start David Johnson. If you're, if you're listening to this and, and you're, and you're in fan, regular fantasy, go trade for that dude before Leftwich takes over and it blows up. Last game, then we get the heck out of here. Green Bay plus nine and a half against the Rams. I think I'm actually coming back around. I had this as a three somehow, or did we all have this as a one? Um, I, you have it as a three. <laughs> I, I liked, I think I had it as three too. You break it down. It's just you two had it as a three. I had yeah. it as a two. Yeah. But but as the more I think about it, I like Green Bay more. I might have made it a three. It might get in my contest picks. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting in mine. I, I've been on them all week. It's just too obvious, right? Is it too obvious? Like everybody's going to be on Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers getting nine and a half points. Couldn't the Rams? I take Aaron Rodgers a nine and a half against the eighty-five Bears. I mean, look, you're going to give me Aaron Rodgers a nine and a half points. I'm taking my chances. Whoever the hell the team he's is. never been more than eight and a half points. And, and it was at Seattle, right? It was at Seattle week one against that great Seattle right, team. Right. Uh, you give me nine and a half, I'm taking a point. And McCarthy's nine, two, and one against the spread after a bye. His losses were in Ooh. 2017 with Brett Hundley. So you can't <laughs> knock that. Um, 2015 against Denver Super Bowl team. And okay, that's one of the best teams there will have right. played during Aaron Rodgers' tenure. So the Rams might be an outlier like that 2015 Denver team, the exception to the rule. Um, but Green Bay's number six on offense, number fifth running the ball per TV away. And that's where the Rams struggle is against the run. Um, I don't think the Green Bay defense is good enough to slow down the Rams, but when you have one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, the back door is going to be open if you give them that many points. So, you know, 38, 34, you know, is, is the type of final we're going to see in this game and Packers cover. I think you're spot on. Do you guys like the over in this game? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So bang the over in this game and, uh, look, you're getting nine and a half points with Aaron Rodgers. That, that literally, it, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So you might as well take the points. Um, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to talk myself into taking the Rams. I am going to talk myself into going to do a show on Sportsline. Well, it's on Sportsline on CBS Sports HQ. It's from, uh, six to seven every single weeknight and then 11 to 12 on Saturday and 12 to 1 on Sunday, and it very often features Pete Prisco, myself, 
Um, lots of other, a cavalcade of people, if you will. Nick Costos is going to be hosting on, on Thursday night. Kenny White's on there. Jamie Eisenberg's doing fantasy. Uh, Heath Cummings is on there all the time. And if you like real sports news for real sports fans, gambling, fantasy, all that stuff, go check out CBS Sports HQ, cbssports.com slash live. Follow Pete Prisco at Prisco CBS, RJ White at RJ White One. You can check out RJ's full complement of picks at sportsline.com. Use promo code white for your first month for a buck. Man, we're just giving stuff away today. Thanks to PUBG for sponsoring the show. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Will Brinson. We will see you guys on Monday. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye, Will.